Crazy fun. That a kid. All right, open up your book to Hebrews. We're in uh, chapter 3. We'll be in chapter 4. Let me remind us again. I gave you just a, a quick reminder right at the very first of why we picked this book. So, here pages and screens opening up. If you don't have a book, there's some on the floor, if there's some on the screen. Uh, does everybody have one that wants one? Hebrews? Here you go, Bruce. Also love to tell folks and remind them the table of contents is one of the best uh, parts of the book because it tells you where everything is. I use it frequently when they start throwing out those Will of Fortune uh, words and books that, you know, that are like... 1,500 words long, you know, and even after you buy the vows, you still have got no clue what it is. I look in there and grab it. Hebrews is a great book. I'll go ahead and just crank in here. Just a quick reminder that um, this letter is being written predominantly to the Jewish Christians. Gang, it's a group of people that have lived their life in a certain way for years. They have a particular mindset about them. When they wake up in the morning, it was about regiment. It was about tradition. It was about ritual. It was about doing things that kept you in favor with God. And the focus on is, have I checked all my boxes? Jesus comes and it throws the boxes out the door. And so the letter is to remind the guys, hey, look, your tendency is, is, is to want to go back you're going to have this tendency to want to go back and start checking the boxes because for some reason that makes us feel better about ourselves. That when we start checking boxes that that kind of makes us feel like, wow, I'm really slaying it today. I am really sold out for this guy named God. And so this letter is saying, look, it's as high as you think you are in that, man. I'm just telling you, it's about Him. <laughs> it's still about Jesus and it's all about Him. So here we are, we're in, in, we're in Hebrews and we're going to pick up where we were talking about entering God's rest. And we found out uh, two weeks ago that that, that that word means harmony. It means It doesn't mean that you're going to sleep. It means that when you've entered God's rest, that you're at such peace and harmony with your relationship with Him, you can't help but be about who you are. And that we also learn that there was a group of people, even today, that don't know how to enter into His rest. That's what you guys are helping folks do. You've realized how to enter into God's rest through faith in Jesus Christ, alright? So here we are, it's Hebrews, it's chapter 4 and verse 6. It says, so God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed. Alright, quick time out. 
The people he's talking about are the ones that Moses led out. Right? He led them out, and they're getting close to the promised land, and there's just time after time after time that they'll just the people will just stop. They won't do anything. Right? And this is the same people that saw all those different plagues go along, and you would think, because we've said it to ourselves, well, if that would have happened to me, I would have never done that. And I say, au contraire. We know that there's a hole that's empty. I've never seen it except in pictures and some of those cool little Rolodex things. Like, wow, that's really cool. I never, I never stuck my head in the hole and said, whoa! But I know it's there. And some would say, well, how do you know, Bibbo? Well, you just hang, if you'd have hung around with me prior to 2001, you would know that there's someone responsible for the change in a heart. Changes your mindset. The heart changes your mindset. Okay? And so this disobey, listen to what the definition is. It's that people, they stubbornly refuse to change their opinion or to change their course of action despite attempts to persuade one to do so. People by the droves would come to me and say, Bivo, quit drinking 5,688 beers a day, man. That's your course of action. But what they had forgotten to, to look at is why I'm going to the 5,688. Example, when Lonnie and all of our others come out, it's not what he did. It's what we got to help him figure out why he did it. Amen. What were you feeding back here? What was this unbelief? What was this stubbornly? This, this is it, gang. This is tangible. You can look at it and say, right there it is. We got to help pray to change his opinion. How does that happen? Starts in the heart. It's a mindset. Your mindset will change when your heart starts changing. Everybody with me? Okay, let's keep rolling. Verse seven said, "So God set another time for entering His rest because they didn't, they didn't, they didn't get it. And that time is today. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today, when you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts." Verse 8, now if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. Gang, don't just glaze over that. Listen to what he said. Now if Joshua had succeeded in giving them rest, God would not have spoken about another day rest still to come. So there still is a special rest waiting for the people of God. That's Jesus. Remember, Moses got him to the promised land. He looks over there and he goes, Oh my word, that is beautiful. And he asked 12 people. He said, I want you to go over there, scout it out. Ten come back and say what? We can't do it. Two say, let's go. And you remember, we, we reminded ourselves that in the let's go, that you still have to engage in what God has planned out for you. He's not just going to lay it out there to you. So, there you go. Go open up your mailbox. There's some publishing clearinghouse money in there for you. He wants you to engage in it because that way the people that don't engage and the others that you're engaging with will find out real quick whose God is stronger. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are high. I mean, we just sang it. And so we're in a world where there's a lot of gods around us. Make sure that the folks know that your God is Jesus. 
Here we go. Verse 10, For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. You remember the boxes that we talked about before? You have entered into His rest through Jesus. Your boxes of have-tos, your mindset has changed. So your have-to mindset, your law-based mindset, is starting to change to grace-based mindset. I get to. Law-based, checking the box, tired, worn out, beat down, shame. (laughs) What are some other words? (laughs) Guilt, huge. Law-based, mindset. Grace-based, I get to. Redeemed. Reconciled. No more boxes to check. I'm resting in His righteousness. I'm resting in who Jesus is. Grace-based mindset. Heart change. Two different deals. And at the, at the crux of that is my motive. What's my motive? What's our motive? You know, people are looking at you and saying, what's your motive? We've said it from day one. Make Him famous. That's it. Make Him famous. So let us do our best. Verse 11, let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey, what's that mean, class? Say it again. Disbelieve. Did you hear that, gang? How many of us, when we hear the word disobey, you go immediately to an action? Do you? Alright. Before I have the action, I have to have a thought on that action, whether I'm going to do it or not. So I'm either going to operate in belief of it, that it is pure and it's good and it's most beneficial for me, or I'm not. Now, guess what happens? Sometimes we start thinking that something that is uh, untrue is true. That's why we have all the stuff that happens in the world. We're feeding unbelief. We're feeding unbelief. And so what we're saying as a world is that we want to help figure out why your heart is set on that. And it doesn't happen most of the time in this setting. It happens all the time in the setting when you're working with people or when you're uh, just hanging out with them and doing life. Happens all the time there. Okay? Here we are. So verse 11, let me get back to that. It says, let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey, meaning if we just stubbornly refuse God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. And so, check this out, gang. If we know that the, the definition of disobey is to stubbornly refuse, to have the, in, the wrong opinion, to, to change your opinion about God. Listen to what... You ever heard this word repent a lot? Alright, so let's have a little fun. When you hear that word, do you just get giggly when you hear that word? you just like, oh, I love that word. Huh? No. Look at all your faces. Most of you are scowling like, this is a trick question. <laughs> think about it. Come on. What do you think when you hear that word repent? Does it make you want to run from whoever you're talking with at the time? Most of us it does. Come on, I'll be the first one that says that. But here's the deal. Here's what it means. 
Repent also means to change your mind. I can't change direction until I've changed my mind. I can't change my mind until my heart has changed. You see the dominoes? That's a cool word. It really is. We've just been beat up with it for so long it has turned jaded for us. Father, I have understood that that is not the most beneficial thing for me. 5,688 a day. Thank you for helping me figure out what it is. I'm turned and I'm changing my heart. That's the definition. There's nothing wrong with that. That is everything good. Now if somebody's using it to whoop you, you get away from them. Get away from them. And you run to me as fast as you can. Or you run to someone in this room as fast as you can. Or you run to someone that's not in this room that you know that and how it understands it. Please. Please. I'm going to give you an illustration here. Remember who this letter is being written to. Um, I think this will help. I think it will help us understand the law-based and grace-based. I'll give you a little history lesson here. You remember Zechariah? Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah, which was John the Baptist. His daddy. John the Baptist's daddy and mama. Alright? Now, you guys remember what John the Baptist, I mean, what Zechariah did? What his profession was? Priest. He was a priest. Right? And so in the law-based, if you'll remember, one time every year, everyone saddled up their stuff and went to the temple and offered sacrifices in order to be made what? To be clean. To be right with God. And that just that does, even that image of itself just kind of floors me. So let's put ourselves in that picture just for a second. Let's pretend that the temple's in Nashville. Alright? And we have no cars. And we're just kind of putting ourselves here on the dirt path. And, and we're going to go. We've decided we're going to go to the temple and get right with God. Well, huh? what all do we need to pack up? We've, we've done quite a bit. There's, there's been a lot of craziness going on in our family over the year. And have you heard what the priest said that you've got to offer for everything that we have done and that, that I'm even aware of? We don't have that many animals. <laughs> We're going to come up short. Why are we going to go? But let's just pretend that you just suck it up and you just you say, I'm going to go. And you take your dove or goats and maybe if you got a bull, you're hoping that will cover them all. And you go. And so let's pretend it's us, right? And so we're going and all of a sudden I start looking and I'm going, I don't know why the carries have got so many animals over there. What's <laughs> been going on in their barn? You know, and I start thinking to myself, I'm going, dang, that wonder, he ain't got nothing on his, he, he ain't all that. He ain't, he, he, where's his animals? And he may have been going to buy his there. And you would have arrived at the temple, and your animals would have been sacrificed. Zechariah was one of the guys that would have slit the throats. But he had to do it for himself first. He had to go in and offer sacrifices for himself to be clean. 
And then he would offer them for everyone else. One time a year, gang, he went into the Holy of Holies. So, hang on, check this out. He has done this for years because, see, he and his bride have been begging for a son. He's old. She's older. And they don't have a son. He's in the Holy of Holies. It's like winning the lottery for the priest. And he's in there, and here comes this archangel named Michael. And he tells him, hey, old boy, you're about to have a son. And your son is going to be the one that will tell everyone the Messiah is coming. He comes out. He goes in law-based. He comes out grace-based. His heart, I believe, I believe, I have nothing to prove it on, but I believe his heart was prepared for it because he had read the book. And he believed it. And he believed that there was a Messiah that was coming that was going to get them out of the law-based. That was going to fulfill it. And he came out grace-based and couldn't say a word. Now, how quick? Now, here's a guy that's been wanting a child for a long time. How long do you think it took him to hunt his bride down? <laughs> they had work to do, didn't they? Here's the other beautiful thing, and Scripture doesn't offer it to us. Did Zachariah ever go back to the temple after that day? You see, I was his livelihood, gang. And so he comes out grace-based. And he's the one, he and his bride, Elizabeth, are going to be the ones that coach up John the Baptist to tell everyone, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. You think the boys let him hang around saying that all day? Next thing we see is John the Baptist, and he's wearing his crazy clothing and eating stuff that we'd look at and go, ooh. I don't know. Maybe he lost everything he had. I don't know. He may have lost everything materially, but he gained everything eternally and daily and spiritually. He went in law-based. His mindset was law-based. He comes out grace-based. His heart was ready for it, gang. Let's pick up in verse 14. It said, so now, so here we go, we got Jesus. Because that's what Zechariah was doing. He's coming and he's telling everyone that Jesus is coming. That the day that you're going to have to be cleansed over and over and over, year after year after year, is about to come to an end. And so verse 14, So then since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. And that's humongo. What do you believe? How quick are you to bring back out your boxes? How quick are you... Here's, here's a good, good litmus test on determining on whether you're law-based, grace-based, or you got a mixture of both. Okay? Just think about your day. Think about what's going on in your world. And where are the have-tos that you're putting on yourself? What are your have-tos in order to stay right with God? Or that you think He might dig you just a little bit better if you do these boxes? If it's a have-to, crush your boxes. Heart. Changes your mindset. 
I get to. But well, I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid to hang out with anyone. I, I don't know whatever it is. Whatever it is, whatever your fear is, I keep reading that God didn't give us a spirit of that. And so at some point, I got to hold firmly. It makes, these, it makes these words start coming alive when it says, I got to hold firmly to what we believe. Because, see, if I didn't have to hold firmly to it, God knew that I was going to have a tendency to let loose of it. Or He wouldn't have stroked those words through somebody's mouth. You got to hold on firmly to what you believe, man. You got to hold on firmly that the me, that the Jesus in me is bigger than what I'm about to face. The Jesus in me is bigger than what I'm about to face. It will overcome my fear, but I've still got to walk through it. I got to take my first step through it. Okay? All right, let's keep going. And so now, (laughs) this high priest, this Jesus of ours, understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin, and that means he didn't miss the mark. He was always in a share with God. And he always believed. Just a quick glance. You remember the garden? Lord, not my will. If it's not, Lord, is there any other way that we can do this? And he was, he was so wretched in it that he sweat drops of blood. Father, not my will. Not my stubborn refusing, wanting to not go through this will. But I will hold on firmly, just grasping with everything that I've got, that God, yes, I'll do it if this is what You want me to do. Have anybody ever been there? I get there daily, gang. Left to myself, I wouldn't hit a lick at anything or anyone. It has to be the Him in me. (laughs) It has to. The old self dies. I live in the resurrected life of Christ and therefore I can go get it. Not for Bivo glory, but for His. We'll start to close down. Here's the thing, gang. So let us come boldly. Here's the thing that I would love, that I love, that I love, that I love, that you're starting to really grasp. Is that you can come boldly to the throne. Does it say of a wrathful God? My, my book doesn't. What does your say? Gracious God. There we will receive His mercy and we'll find grace. I just love that. To help us when we need it most. And what that means, this boldly, is that we just have this freedom in speaking that we're unfettered in talking with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Are you there? Literally, have you entered that place of rest that where man you just come and just talk real raw with Jesus with God he knows where you are have you entered into that grace based mindset where you get to come boldly that you're there confidently just laying yourself out just a reminder that if you think it's anything on what we're doing, don't skip. you don't have to skip over there. You can jot it down because it sure is a good one for reminding ourselves. It's 1 John. It's in the second chapter and it's verse 1 through 2. He says, My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does, we have an advocate. That's Jesus who pleads our case before the Father. 
He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only ours, but for the world. Here's the thing that you gotta that you really gotta have sink in, gang. Is that sometimes part of my have tos, I may have to just start reading the book a little bit every day, and it doesn't feel great, and it does feel like it's a box that I'm checking that I have to, but eventually it'll turn into I get to. I may at first start feeling like I have to pray every day or for someone because it's clunky, I just don't do it good. There's all these guys that have these eloquent words all the time. It's real flowery. It's just real nice. At some point, your have-to will turn into a get-to. Because I'm learning that part of that maybe that we put on a have-to is fear-based. That underneath that, there may be just a little bit of fear of, of I may not succeed the way I'm supposed to, and if you go in Jesus' name, there is no failure. Leave the results to Him. Just follow what He is wooing through you to be about on every step. It says you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are His child, God has made you an heir. Pretty cool company. Pretty cool company. You are an heir with Jesus Christ who blew Himself out of the tomb so you wouldn't have to. He blew Himself into you so you wouldn't have to step in fear. So here's the last question is that have you entered into that peace of rest? Are you in that place of rest that where you get to go love on folks in a reckless abandon? That it doesn't matter that you don't, you're going to do it in the way that the book says is I don't want even the left hand to know what the right hand's doing. <laughs> Are you in that place? If not, you want to be, you can be. And the thing is, is that you already are. Remember what we said earlier? Hold on firmly. Hold on firmly. And go back to that belief. Okay? Father, we thank You. We thank You for a group of people that do know how to hold on firmly to You. Lord, and they're living You out in such a wide open fashion. God, I pray for all the families that aren't here tonight. Lord, there's a lot of going on. There's marriages, there's graduations. And all of those are just these seasons of change. God, one thing doesn't change and that's You. The other thing that doesn't change along with that, God, is how You see us. And that You see us as spotless and blameless because of our faith in You, Jesus Christ. Lord, that is empowering. I don't know about anybody else, but it sure does make me want to do some get-tos <laughs> to let a world out there that doesn't really grasp it that we get to love You wide open and that whoever gets in our way is the one that receives this love that You're flowing through us.
Lord, it's a great night. Look forward to just closing this out. And as the guys lead us on into the end of the night with some worship. Lord, if there's anyone here tonight that does want to enter that peace place of rest and or just wants to pray with someone, there'll be folks around. Let's get with each other and do that. So Lord, we, um, we submit all of this to You. In the crazy cool name of Jesus Christ, Amen.